just worship Him? Can you just worship Him? We're getting ready for the return of Jesus. Do you believe He's coming? Do you believe He's coming? What will you do about it? He's coming. Who will you tell about it? He's coming. He's coming. So we're getting ready. We're getting ready. Come on, let's sing this chorus one more time. We're getting ready. We're getting ready. prepare our hearts this morning for the word of the Lord to come I ask you again are you ready to receive the worship team has brought us to a moment in time where we have how many have felt his presence here this morning uh, I had someone recently ask me pastor why do we why do we preach after we worship? And I said, because worship opens your spirit. Worship allows you to get into the throne room. And the word of God allows you to grow while you're in that throne room. To grow in your spirit. Grow in your knowledge of God's word. So today, I want to just encourage you to hear the word of the Lord. Join us this Good Friday as we celebrate the crucifixion and the blood that Jesus shed for us and then join us next how many's bringing somebody next Sunday shout I'll, I'm gonna do my best pastor come on shout it I'm gonna come on that means you're gonna invite somebody listen that doesn't mean you're responsible for them that means that you just got to tell somebody what Jesus has done for you in your life bring somebody next week as we celebrate Easter it's gonna be a great day to be a part of Pineview Church uh, Bishop would you please come I am so thankful to this man of God today. Amen. 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 Uh, remain standing if you will. This is Bishop Roland Baker from Auburn Hills, Michigan, and been a part of my uh, help marry me and my wife and uh, help marry Stefan, Pastor Stefan, Sister Sarah, and uh, so intricate part of our life, man of God, and I'm so thankful they're here today. Let's give the Lord a praise as he comes. What do you say? Love you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Lord bless you as you're seated. What a real honor and privilege, Teresa and I feel for the invitation and the opportunity to get to come and worship the Lord with you on this beautiful Palm Sunday. Uh, as Pastor mentioned, the connection of our lives, the intersection between uh, our world and your world has been often and for a long time. Um, 
so many memories of so many of you. Uh, Sister Eleanor, our dear friend, we're just thrilled to get to see you. We don't see her enough. She and her dear husband were a big part of Teresa and my life, uh, our lives for a long time. And I uh, love your pastor and his sweet wife. Um, actually, I will tell you this, this church has stolen from me and Teresa. Lisa and Sarah were two of our finest young people that's ever walked through that church. And here they are with you today. And we miss them. I feel very comfortable to share with you this morning that uh, I had felt something on my heart that I was so excited to get to come when I was invited to come and leave you part of my heart. I, I really was. Till a few days ago, Pastor, I heard that voice. And you know, when, it, when a preacher is ready to come and preach, he don't want to hear that voice anymore. But I heard it, and you can't ignore it. And um, I, I really believe the Lord spoke to me because this begins what's called or referred to as the Passion Week, Week of Passion for our Lord. And, and I felt like God wanted me to leave something with this wonderful church. And so I'm going to be reading a portion of Scripture that's recorded in the 110th Division of Psalm. And it's part of verse number 7. And I just want to read this. It simply says, And he shall drink in the brook in the way. And, and, I, and I looked at that, and it's really interesting, because in and of itself, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. But the more you look at it, the more you realize there's a powerful word there that really means something to the church today. And so I, I looked at that closely and I, I thought, you know, this is talking about the purpose of the church. And I want to preach this morning to you for a few minutes the purpose of the church. And the church said, Amen. The psalmist in Psalm 110 is looking forward to the coming Messiah. He pictures here the week of suffering Again, it was called the Passion Week. I do want to pause and simply say that this is something that should never just be remembered one week out of the year. Easter means more than that to the church. It's the week of suffering from the time that he set his face toward Jerusalem to be crucified. He understood the assignment. It's pictured as a journey. A journey that our Savior is going to go on for the very last time. This is not his first visit into the city, but this is his last visit to Jerusalem. The Bible talks about it as an awful time of suffering. An awful time of agony in the garden of Gethsemane. Then he goes on to Caiaphas' court. And there, there is a mock trial that takes place. And he's sent from there to Pilate and then on to Herod. From Herod back to Pilate. And it was the scourging with the cat of nine tails. And 
To be honest, in that particular setting, there was no limit to the number of stripes that could be inflicted on this particular individual. In fact, Isaiah foretold it in Isaiah chapter 52, and he says that, speaking of our Savior, he was beaten like no other. In fact, when you go on and read that passage, so much so that you couldn't tell whether he was a human being or not. And then the Bible tells us it was from that scourging that he goes to a cross and he's placed on a cross at Calvary. There's a crucifixion. Not only a crucifixion, but there's shame and suffering of the cross. There's a mocking crowd that makes fun of him, taunts him. There's a crown of thorns that's placed on his head. Many other events that tell of the awful time of suffering in the life of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And the thing that stands out to me when I think about this week leading up to next Sunday is it was all for one purpose. The one purpose is simply to redeem mankind. It's to buy back the most precious possession our Creator held. In fact, the writer in Romans said, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The best of us today have got to remember where we were when he found us. We didn't wake up one Sunday morning and decide it's time to straighten our life out. The fact is he brought us, he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. All of the things that we celebrate this week and next Sunday is because he loved you so much. It's here that we find an unusual statement that he, we read in your hearing. He shall drink of the brook in the way. The brook or the stream symbolizes something to us. It simply is talking about a refreshing drink of water. It's a stream of fresh water from which flows no fear to take a drink. This is a picture actually that the psalmist is, is painting or likening unto a king who is in battle and he leads his troop on a very, very hot day in a desert place and it's arid and dry and they're extremely famished and thirsty and they arrive at a place and they find a refreshing stream and the king stoops and he on this hot day takes a, a drink that satisfies him so very much from that stream of refreshing Moffat said he then charges forward, triumphing to victory. Sometimes we reach a place in our life, we've just got to have a drink of that living water. We've got to have something more than the mundane to sustain us through the course of life. It's more than showing up at church on an Easter Sunday all decorated up and celebrate the crucifixion and resurrection. I'm here to tell you there's a time in the deep, dark, hot moment of our life that we've got to bow down and take a sip from the drink, from the fountain that never runs dry. This is what the psalmist is talking about. I wonder what that stream of refreshing was that Jesus drank from here according to the psalmist. That little stream that runs across 
the week of his suffering, that week in his life that was like no other. Well, when you stop and think about it, he was first partaker of all of us, of all things. In fact, when he wrote to his son in the gospel, Timothy, Timothy says, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruit. The writer of the Hebrews said he should taste death for every man, for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation. The writer to the Corinthians, Paul said, but now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruits of them that slept. Hey, it's all for you and me. What I'm going to talk to you about is all because there was a day that we were dead in sin and trespassed, but Jesus wasn't going to leave us there. He was going to do everything necessary to redeem us and purchase us back that we might have hope of the eternal. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's in this story that we find the most beautiful truth of the church. It's a time when everything seems dark. It's a time when things seem so gloomy, a time of suffering and shame, a time that many would like to forget about, but you never will when you've come in contact with the precious flow of Calvary. Oh, there's a lot I want to say, and I'm going to just try to condense it to what I have written here today. It's a time of agony and forsaking, a wilderness in the life of Jesus. And yet running through that week, of passion, there is a stream, a refreshing body, a book that flows. Something lifted him. Something refreshed him. Something delighted him as it would a weary, tired, thirsty traveler. Jesus found his stream of refreshing, his brook in the way as the psalmist records it. So we ask, what was that refreshing oasis? What could have come into the, the life of the Lord that he would encounter that would make it that he could go to Calvary? What is it that found its way into his life? And I wrote some things down what it could have been. Could, could it have been the hospitality and the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus I mean, after all, this is where Jesus spends his last night before he is tried. They loved him so much, they cared for him. Or maybe it was nothing more than that refreshing stream being Mary Magdalene. You know, she's the one that the Lord cast those seven devils from. And she stood by him when others seemed to have forsaken him and forgotten him. Could be that. Or maybe it was that love and devotion that became his stream of refreshing in that week so needed. Maybe it was possibly the thief that was hanging next to him there on Golgotha who cried, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. After all, was it not for sinners that Jesus actually was hanging there on that cross? That's why he went to Calvary. 
That was the whole purpose of what we're going to celebrate the next few days. While Peter cursed him in the garden and Judas betrayed him with a kiss and hanged himself, his disciples dispersed, forsaking him and fled. Could the refreshing stream be nothing more than that little handful of women who refused to leave his side and tried to comfort him with their loyalty and their, their care and they stayed right there with him and his agony right to the end of it all? Now the Bible does not really tell us what it is. We really don't know. All we know is there was something or there was someone in his week of suffering that was like a stream in a desert that flowed to him. A brook in the way that gave him refreshing when he was in need most desperately. It brought him refreshment in his hour of need. Well, I've stand here this morning. I've come to tell this church on this week of remembrance today that the purpose of the church is simply nothing more than to be that stream of refreshing in a dry and desolate place. Do you know why there was a Calvary? Because he foresaw a church. You know why there was precious bloodshed? Because there was a day he was going to work through a body called the church to reach out to a world that is lost and hopeless and hurting and helpless. But thank God for a church that's been blood bought and washed pure. We're like a stream in a desert place for those that have needs in their life. Oh, lift your voice to the Lord and thank God that we can be the church of the living God. It seems so amazing today to think that the church represents the risen Savior. It seems so unbelievable that He has selected us from all walks of life and backgrounds, some with great educations and others not so, some that, that have abilities in certain areas and some in others, some that are gifted so amazingly that it's obvious in others of us. It just, you wonder why me, Lord? And yet when we realize that God has brought us together and we are the amalgamation of what was lost but now is found and we can become a brook in the way, a stream of refreshing. Oh, thank God that he chose you out of your family, out of your neighborhood, out of your school. Thank you, Jesus, to be that brook, that stream of refreshing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe there's someone that you know whose life is filled with heartaches and problems. You may know them. They may be wondering, is it even worth it living at all? I just want to say, get ready. God wants to give them a stream of refreshing by you. God wants to flow through their life from a church that's going to make a difference in a world that's dry and desolate. Hallelujah. Maybe it's as simple as a smile when nobody else is smiling. Maybe it's nothing more than a pat on the back 
when no one really even knows there's a need. Maybe it's words of encouragement in the silence of their suffering. Maybe it's even a message like I'm preaching today that's going to reach down into the heart of somebody and ignite something in you that says I can't just enjoy this for myself. I've got to tell somebody that there's something that can lift them above the struggle of their life. Be that book in the way, church. Be that stream that flows in the desert. Hallelujah. It flows from the church. I said it flows from the church. There's no other institution in this world that can give the hurting world what it needs like the church. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe it's a helping hand. Or an I love you. Maybe, maybe a word from the Lord that he would speak through someone that sits here today. God's wanting to use his church to help somebody in their desert place along life's journey. There ought to be a church willing to be a stream of refreshing for a desperate world in need. Can you say amen? I've come to realize today, and I'm sure your pastor feels exactly this way, what the world does not need is a church that's full of insults. The world doesn't need a church with an ugly disposition, a better than thou spirit. A church that's filled with criticism and slander and gossip. God forbid, deliver us from that kind of religion and a church. The world needs a church. It needs a church that will be an encouragement in their desert place. Pastor, I've been at this a long time. Teresa and I began our full-time ministry in the year of 1969. You can do the math. I won't do it for you. Okay, then you got an idea. We were married in 68. So you st stop and think for a minute, and, and there's a lot of scripture. But, but I've come to realize something. I had an epiphany, a, a revelation of, of recent times of, of Hebrews chapter 10. We know it, many of us well. Uh, but I think there's something much deeper in it, at least than I ever thought. I had simplified it to one part, one little phrase, but I just want to share it with you. Hebrews 10, beginning in verse 23. Hold fast, or he said, be firm. Hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And then he said, let us consider one another to provoke. And that word provoke literally means to incite. There ought to be something about a church that incites us to love one another and causes us to love good works. Not the other way around. When they drive past Pineview, they ought to say, now that's a church filled with people that love people. Hallelujah. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And that's really where my whole life we focused on that one part of that little phrase. 
got to be in church. And Lord knows we in those days were in church. I can remember being in church every night of the week. Every night of the week. You'd preach an hour, sing 30 minutes. Oh, thank God for today. And, and, and this is the part of a scripture we use to kind of compel us to get to church. Now, we ought to be in church. I understand that. But you see, we have, we have come to think as a body that this is where it begins and ends, and it doesn't. We fulfilled our commission when we come together and we patty cake and we just feel good being here. But that's not what the scripture's talking about. It doesn't stop there. It goes on and says not only should we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some is, here it is, but exhorting. That word exhorting here literally means encouraging. Encouraging one another and here it is, so much more as we see the day approaching. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was ever a day that the church ought to be filled with encouragers, it's today. We live in a fractured world. We live in a world that's divided. And what it needs is a church that's united in purpose and love for the lost. We're that stream that flows in the midst of the desert to, to bring refreshing to the soul. That's the purpose of the church. Oh. I'm not even going to ask you to, I'm not even going to apologize for the way I feel. I, I know I probably should be a little more proper. But I'm loving, I'm loving this more today than I ever have. I'm loving living for God today more than I ever have. I love the word of God and appreciate it because I've lived long enough to realize what he brought me from. He brought me out of the miry clay, the old song said. He set my feet on a rock to stay. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. So much more as we see the day approaching. The world needs to know if they have troubles, there's a church. The world needs to know if they got a problem, there's a church. The world needs to know if they're facing difficult times and heartaches, there's a church. The world needs to know if you're heavy in a heart and your heart is broken and you have unanswered questions and prayers that just don't seem like they're getting through, that there's a church that flows through the struggle like a brook in the way. I love the way he said it. It's in the way. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't even get through life if you're a child of God without him getting in your way. All my life, Pastor, and if, if this you don't agree with, straighten it. No, no, straighten it out later. Don't do it in front of me. I'm fragile. I, I get my feelings hurt real easy. But see, all, now, now I'm not going to preach real long today, but I will tell you, Teresa and I have a plane to catch, so don't you worry about it. But I'm going to tell you, if the Lord spoke to me to give this to you today, I'm going to give it to you. It ain't going to take me long. But I, 
I, I, I grew up all my life hearing, seek the will of God, seek the will of God, seek the will of God. Until I got, real, got to realizing that I have no clue where the will of God is or what it is. How am I going to seek something? And then I understood what it's all about. It's not me seeking the will of God. It's the will of God seeking me. And if I just stop and pause long enough, the will of God will run right over me. See, the will of God's going to get in your way, like a brook in the way, the Bible said. You're not going to have to work. You just get up every day and say, Lord, direct my steps. And he's going to direct them to that brook. He's going to let you flow in somebody's life. Oh, hallelujah. We need a church in the way. You need to get in the way of this community. I, I can just see them. Man, I have a need. A church is in the way. You see, they, they, can't even get, they, they can't even get to their answer without the church. If you're discouraged, if you're lonely, you need a church. There's a stream of refreshing in this world for everybody, and it's called the church. Thank God for the church. It was a prophet Elijah. This ties in with what I was just saying. You know, he's in a very dry place. and He's got it made, however, because he's sitting by a stream called Kareth, a brook. And it's refreshing. And everything he needs is right there. It's supplied for him. And, and he thinks Kareth is, is the source of life. Hey, man, I'm not going anywhere. I got it made. I'm going to sit here. Let the world go by. The world's dying. There's famine. There's death everywhere. Around, but I'm doing good. See, the church has got to realize it's more than here. We don't need the brook here. We need the brook out there. Getting in the way. And so, so he, he's just living it up, feeling good till he heard that voice. I know I'm with you, Elijah. I got it. God said, eat and go to Zarephath. Now, Lord, now wait just a minute. Let's negotiate. I got everything I need right here. Got the, got the brook. Got the food. Everything's great. Zarephath, they're dying. There's death there. There's famine there. Nothing there. And the Lord said, go. Eat and go. Because there was a divine encounter waiting for him. There was a little widow that didn't have anything. But she really had everything. You know what she had? She had Elijah on his way there. See, he thought Kareth was the brook when the truth was he was the brook. He was getting ready to get in way in the way of her struggles. He was getting ready to get in the way of her problem. He was getting ready to get in the way of her famine. I've got news for you. There's souls sitting out there right now. They've been praying up and they're desperate and destitute and they don't know what to do. And God's wanting to marshal an army, call the church and send them on the way to get in their way. You are the brook. You are the answer. You are the refreshing. That's the purpose of the church. Hallelujah. Somebody say, use me, God. Send me, God. Oh, hallelujah. It was Elijah who became the stream of life in a dying and dry place. It's not social programs they need. It's not government handouts they need. This world needs a church, a brook in the way. 
Israel faced an unmovable object called Goliath. And I'll, I'll hurry through this part. It's, we all know it. And they watched a young shepherd boy as he runs to the, to the need. He's getting ready to get in the way. And he runs and pauses for a moment at a stream, the Bible says. I've been there. And he, he reaches down and he pulls five smooth stones and this is more than he's ever going to need for that situation. It doesn't matter how difficult your situation is. God can give you more than you'll ever need. Amen. It doesn't matter how big the giant in front of you might appear. You are equipped with more than you'll ever need. Woo, you just need an encounter with a book. Because in the church is everything you're ever going to have to draw from. Now that's why we come together. We're like lively stories. I feel like Bible study all of a sudden. I don't want to do that. So the church can be that, that stream of refreshing that's going to provide the, the victory and not defeat. Jesus said, I am the living water. And I'm, I'm coming down to the finish line. Isaiah quotes it this way in Isaiah 55. Everyone that thirsteth. Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye. Uh, we'll talk about that. The revelator said, and whosoever will, let him take of the waters of life freely. Again, there's no money required. It's already been paid for. That's what is represented in the next few days. He's going to hang on a cross, shed blood, and pay for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Deuteronomy says, For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water. Can I tell somebody, maybe you're a guest here today, but this is a good place. The church is a good place. It's a land of brooks of water. Isaiah goes on to say, God will do a new thing. And I just feel like in someone's life that you're going to encounter, there's going to be a new thing that God is going to do. David brought his troops that were so thirsting to the brook of Bezor. They couldn't go on. They were famished. And we look at it very carefully. The king leaves them there and he goes on and wins the battle. But the beauty of it all is he brings back the spoils of the battle. And he shares it with everybody. Do we realize today there's enough in the church for everybody? The writer in Revelation said, He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's what the church represents today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. John 4, Jesus is visiting the Samaritan lady at Jacob's well. And the writer said, whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman saith unto him, and I love the way this is phrased here, Sir, give me 
this water, not just any water. This water that I thirst not. He goes on and says, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Would you stand with me today? Church, you have a purpose. The purpose of the church is to be that stream of refreshing. That stream of refreshing that brings life in this dry place. I was, uh, I was looking at, at YouTube this week. I'm not a big YouTuber or new tuber or whatever it is, but I, but I saw something that caught my attention because a couple, two or three years ago, our daughter Renee was, uh, I don't know, was it Mother's Day maybe? She was speaking, thank you. And she mentioned this, and, and I saw on this new tube that, YouTube that it, uh, I'm so untacky. Thank yes, thank God. Anyhow, but 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 I saw this video come up, and I that's what Renee was talking about, and so I I thought I'll turn it on and see what it is. And sure enough, this this gentleman goes to the Mojave Desert. He's going to a place in Arizona called Oatman, Arizona. It's just uh, west of Flag, or west of uh, Kingman, Arizona, and. Uh, it's called a super bloom. A certain time of the year when things are just perfect, just right, the desert literally is filled with flowers. It just blooms. And, and uh, the flowers, he said this in the video, he said the flowers covered the entire valley. Now this was just March 24th, just a few days ago. And he's, he's showing the pictures and commentating, but this is the part that, I thought that stood out to me. And he said it doesn't last long. Maybe two or three weeks tops. That's what he said. And then he said this and it just showered me. He said people will flock to see it. He said people are going to flock to this desert place not to see sand. Not to see something that's not there. They're going to flock there because there's a bloom. There's a super bloom. There's something for them to see. That's, they're going to gravitate to it. And let me tell you, there's something about a real church. A church that's alive. A church that's filled with living water. That I believe as time swiftly leaves us. That there's a world that's going to flock to the church. They're going to flock to you at your job. In the supermarket. At the shopping mall. In your neighborhood. Because you are a brook in the way. Oh hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Some of us were like a desert, but there's been a super bloom in our life. Things are different. Things are different. How about it today? 
the week of passion was filled with all kind of drama but there was a purpose and you were that purpose your world was that purpose and God brought you into the church because there's still a world that needs a brook in the way oh hallelujah pastor I don't know what you want to do now but if you would Oh, somebody praise A brook in the way. A brook in the way. I told the group of men that I'm mentoring, I said, it's not about winning a thousand, it's about winning one. It's letting your light so shine amongst men that they might see your good works and glorify the Father. We are the church. The church is not these four walls. The church is not those pews in this music department. You are the church. Hallelujah. Pastor Safan, I, I got news for you. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The question today is, what's preventing the flow of the brook of eternal life in your life? What do you need in this Passion Week to lay fresh and new at an altar and say, Lord, this has been damming up my brook. This has been preventing me from sharing. The shame that I carry of the sin that so easily besets me, I, instead of wallowing in your fresh anointing and forgiveness, I stay back where my failure was. God is calling the church to get out of the mode of being a victim <laughs> and saying I'm not a victim <laughs> I'm an overcomer in Jesus name I I need somebody to agree with me right now huh? that you say I, I am not a victim I'm an overcomer I am an overcomer in Christ I am who he says I am I am righteous not by my works I'm righteous because he said I'm righteous because he purchased me on Calvary. Because he rose again. Uh, so I'm going to be a brook. Oh, folks, I'm going to lay down my life. I, I'm going to be that person. When you walk by, you're going to get wet uh, with the presence of God out of my life. Uh, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be loving. I'm not going to be an antagonist. I'm going to be a lover of men and women so that they might see Christ in me. And by the way, you can antagonize a group and reach them at the same time. Oh, stop the judgment. That's Jesus' job. That's above our pay grade. You know what we're supposed to do? Love everyone. Who am I talking to today? Who did the bishop preach? My God, that's a word of God. I hope you go back and watch it again. Because if we can catch, hear me today, if we can catch a hold in this last hour, if no one knows you serve Jesus... If no one knows there's a place... They can come and pray without judgment. 
God is calling Pineview Church. He's calling the church, but we'll get down here personal. God is calling this church to be a brook in the wilderness, a refreshing point in a crazy world. Do we live in a crazy world? So let's not be crazy with the world. Let's be a brook in the way. Come on, lift your hands all over this house, if you will. Guest, if you want to join us, come on. I really feel in the Holy Spirit that on this Palm Sunday, somebody in this room has some stuff to lay down. If you're a guest and you've never received Christ, if you're here today and you've never, ever received the Lord Jesus Christ into your life, and you've never allowed Him to be your King and your Savior, today is the day. You can do it right now. You can do it today. We can under... Uh, I'd love to teach you about the good, amazing things of God. Oh, I'd love to tell you about baptism and about how he can fill you with his spirit. Oh, but I'd like to start with let's repent and let's get our way moving again. Repentance brings flow. Do you hear me today? Repentance brings flow in our life. It allows the mercy of God to flow, the blood of Christ to flow. Come on, let it flow right now. Come on. I want you to release yourself from the things you've been carrying right now. Come on all over this house say lord come on i'm laying myself back at the altar today if you're a guest today come on you can say dear lord jesus forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings father let me lord be more like you lord let me obey your word let me be a, a creature lord that wants to be closer to you who am i talking to today if you're that individual, either online today, oh, we're talking to you as well. We love you, but God loves you more, and he wants you to be in a place of righteousness, in a place of peace, in a place where there's flow, flow, flow of the Holy Ghost, flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. How long has it been since the flow of the Holy Ghost took you over? How long has it been since God has come? Uh, I'm going to open this altar. This altar, come on. If you need prayer today, come on right now. Uh, if you need prayer for your finances, prayer for your health, prayer for your life, prayer for your body, prayer for your family, prayer. If you're struggling with unforgiveness, come on, come today. Oh, yeah. Come on, yes, that's it, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, yeah, yeah. Jesus is calling. Bring sorrows and truth and for joy. From the ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come, come on. Oh, come to the altar. Come on, come to the altar today. a bold step of faith today. Come on, take a step of faith today. Come on. Don't be afraid. Oh, come on, take a step of faith. God is calling you today. He's tugging on your heart today. Come on. 
come to the Lord today. Come to the altar today. Come to the presence of the Lord today. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Come on, come, come, come to the altar today. Forgiveness is here today. Oh, there's a brook running through this house today. standing. Come on, just lift him up today. That's it. Pray one for another. Come on. Come on. Come on. Pray one for another. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Forgiveness, That's it, come on, come.